my babies, and welcome once again to Poker in the Ears. I'm Uncle Daddy Joe Stapleton. He is my work wife, James Hardigan. Happy World Oceans Day, Joe. Serious one today. Very serious. Also, I, is it still true that like 95% of the ocean is unexplored? Is Something that true? Like that? Yeah, it's really fucking scary. Whatever it is the ocean is terrifying. I have no, I have no interest to ever go in the ocean. I think they're important. I want them to exist, but I don't ever need to be near one. Fair enough. Coming up on today's show, it's the first. It's our first Wednesday in regular time. Do you remember that from Catholic Church? I'm not of the Catholic faith and have zero idea what you're talking about. So, like, you would go to church like during Lent. And then, like the first Sunday, or like, or after Christmas, be like, and it's the first Sunday in regular time. Okay, well, you lost me at you would go to church because I don't and never have. <laughs> so, moving on. There was a regular Sunday million, not a scoop Sunday million. Although, what constitutes a regular Sunday million is changing. That is true. We had a chance to watch some regular TV shows, see some regular movies. There is regular live poker happening in Las Vegas, but today. We are focusing on the future. We are focusing on some live poker happening in January. We're talking PSPC 2023. There has been an extended period of platinum passes for your asses. Yeah. And it's time to take some things into account. Yes. It's been a while since we did our State of the Platinum Union. And today we're going to talk to a guy who qualified for the Players' Championship towards the end of last year. A gentleman by the name of Colm Chan from Ireland. Colm Chan. I like that. I like that name a lot. Also, um, it's kind of our season finale, I guess, right? I sh maybe should have mentioned that up top, but we're uh, this might be the last time we, we talk about stuff like this for a little while. So uh, we're also celebrating the return of the PSPC by revisiting the first event from 2019 as the TV shows are finally making their way to the PokerStars YouTube channel. And uh, you don't remember from those shows. Um, uh, lots of people, believe it or not. Okay, but that's good. That's good. As far as platinum passes are concerned, we've got Turka, Turka, yes. Turka, Turka Jensen, and he is going to be here to explain why he chose to wear that shirt and what it was like watching Sam Grafton slow roll somebody. Yeah, so we've got a classic platinum pass winner and a recent platinum pass winner. Someone who went to the first PSPC, someone who's going to the second. Should be a fun one. Nice, cool, and, and nothing to say that maybe uh, they both don't own up, end up at the PSPC. Who knows? Anything could happen between now and then. Also, as always, we're going to try to give some things away by humiliating me. Marco Biondi has challenged me to trivia regarding the subject of the Monaco Grand Prix. Uh, I know it's not pricks. That's a good start. <laughs> uh, I, <laughs> I would struggle to win a quiz about the EPT in Monaco, let alone a car race, but hey, let's just uh, let's just see what happens. Sometimes I get lucky in questions. On the subject of superfans, I do think we have someone locked in for our next episode. Officially, yes, Joe. Season finale, if you want to call it that. But we are going to do some extra episodes that we're going to drop during the summer months. One of those will be a Poker Movie Monday. The superfan for that show is locked. So thank you to everyone who applied, including the people who'd already been on the show who were ineligible and the PokerStar <laughs> staff member who was also ineligible. Um, we also had a comment on Discord from Bucky. A reminder that the link to our Discord server is in the podcast description. And... Bucky says, great show last week as always. I love all the movie and TV talk. Even started watching Better Call Saul because of it. Watched oh. Breaking Bad, but never got into Better Call Saul. But now I'm almost done with season one. 
I'm almost jealous of Bucky Joe. I think revisiting it from the very beginning, and I don't have time to do that, would be an awesome experience. I think so too, especially because so much time has lapsed in between the seasons where I've had a hard time this year remembering some of the callbacks. I've had to look at my girlfriend and be like, is that a callback to Breaking Bad or to earlier seasons of Better Call Saul? Which, to its credit, is actually kind of a good thing, right? Because the whole world is so interwoven the fact that you you know that it doesn't stand out i think is cool anyway yes good for you that you get to start better call saw i am fantastic absolutely and we have to balance our movie and tv talk now across the live streams we do on a monday night yeah, and the right. podcast so monday we did talk about top gun maverick which comes strongly recommended we also talked a little bit about obi-wan kenobi which i just find infuriating because the setup was strong but then you knew it was going to go in a direction that was just going to annoy the hell out of everyone where there was yeah. the inevitable unnecessary confrontation between Kenobi and Darth Vader. And it's so frustrating when a prequel messes with the original work. And I know one shouldn't get on their high horse too much about this stuff. And it's very easy to be an over-offended Star Wars fan. But there is a key moment in that first movie. I'm talking about episode four from 1977 when... Darth Vader and Obi-Wan Kenobi meet in the corridor in the Death Star and Darth Vader very clearly states something along the lines of, I can't remember the quote exactly, when we last met, I was but the learner, now I am the master. Referring clearly to the Battle of Mustafar, which Obi-Wan won. He defeated him and thought he'd killed him. Mm -hmm. But no, the last time you met guys, and it might not be the last time you meet because there's more episodes of this TV show to come, Darth Vader was not just the learner. He was kicking ass. Yeah. Um, so what I don't understand is, and maybe, look, I, I oftentimes, my criticism of Star Wars ends up being invalid because there's like, you know, the people that are unhappy with the way things are going, but no more than I do. Why couldn't we just had like a an Obi-Wan adventure that had nothing to do with the main storyline of the Skywalkers of why do we have to see Leia as a child? Why do we have to see Luke as a child? Why couldn't he have, he's a Jedi, he's a hero. Like why couldn't he be doing some other thing elsewhere? I genuinely have no problem with him leaving Tatooine. I like the fact that suddenly he has to look after Leia rather than oversee Luke. I actually like that plot twist. It's the involvement of Vader, which I feel is completely unnecessary, especially when you were setting up these amazing villains in The Inquisitors. So anyway, I will continue to watch it for what it's worth. Um, But yeah, we did talk about that on Monday night when we streamed the Sunday Million. Uh, How did you find it, Joe, going back to the Sunday Million after a month of scoop? I thought it was awesome. I was super into it. I liked the fact that we got to see some real people play poker again. Instead of, you know, Scoop was very high level. No offense to the people played this Sunday Million, but, you know, it's the elite. It's the spring championship of online poker. Yeah. It's elite GTO play, which is fun to watch, which is good to see. There's a lot to learn there. And I think there's also a lot to learn by watching relative amateurs play in the Sunday Million and see for lack of a better word, I won't call him out specifically, mistakes. Um, and I think there's something to be learned from that too. And it's certainly kind of more fun in a way to see the goofy play, to see people rip it in or uh, the fact yeah. that it was a PKO. We all saw some very interesting call-offs. And uh, the fact that it was it's relatively unpredictable for whoever the analyst is at the time, I find that pretty interesting. 
you mentioned it was a PKO, and here's the weird thing, because the big announcement on Monday night, the change to the format of the Sunday Million, feels like a non-story. It feels like a non-headline, right? Because there have been so many PKO editions of the Sunday Million in recent months and recent years that to say, well, the Sunday Million is now PKO kind of feels, well, isn't it already? But for it to be a permanent change and for it to go to eight max, I guess, is a major step in the evolution of this tournament. I think worth highlighting this is not the first major change. We said on Monday night, back in the day, the Sunday Million was a one-day $215 freeze-out. Well, of course, it became a re-entry event. It became a two-day MTT. Great for us because we get to stream the late stages. Great for the players because they don't have to play until 6 in the morning. And, of course, the buy-in recently was lowered from 215 to 109. Now, these aren't decisions arbitrarily taken by someone who just wants change for change's sake. This yeah. is to understand player behavior, if you like. There's a lot of analysis that goes into this. Like, way more than we, we, you guys can... Most people could possibly even fathom in pure and simple terms it's giving the people what they want and it's yeah. clear and when we first started streaming online poker back in the summer of 2020 with stadium series and then with scoop and ept online it's very clear the pko format is incredibly popular incredibly hot right now so why not make the single biggest weekly tourney on stars the flagship weekly event why not make that a pko uh plus there are some other changes to the structure which means shorter day ones bigger starting stack but i think in addition to the change to pko and being eight max as we said on monday night the other big change which i really like is the adjustment to the satellites and for example the oh, introduction yeah, of these cool. hybrid sats and this idea that we want to try and qualify more people and stop a practice which I guess we stopped with live event satellites where you can't win multiple tickets. Once you've qualified for the Sunday Million, you're done. Give someone else a go. You don't get to convert that ticket to T-dollars anymore. So the idea is to have more people be able to get into the Sunday Million for a fraction of the 109 buy-in. Right, and without having, you know, sort of satellite experts being able to come in and stack up tickets and, uh, you know, it's... Yeah, that's exactly what we want. We want more yeah. people in the Sunday Million, a variety of people, not the same people, of because course. the Sunday Million really is that bankroll springboard that yeah. gets a lot of people, yeah. you know, started on their careers. And again, I don't know how they've been running because I haven't checked in the lobby, but these hybrid sats, which is basically an $11 MTT with a 20K guaranteed prize pool, um, they're running every single day, Monday through Saturday at 2.05 Eastern. And... The idea here is that it plays like a conventional MTT with a conventional prize pool. But if you make it to the final two tables, you make it to the top 16, you also get a $109 Sunday Million ticket. That's why we call them hybrids, because they're part satellite, part standard MTT with a traditional prize pool and payouts. So I hope they're going well, because I think it's a really smart innovation. And I'd like to see that with maybe some other events where we try and qualify people in the future. So hopefully it works. Yeah, that would be great if it's successful and then they, we just can use that format yeah. for all yeah. kinds of other things. It would be really cool. Um, what I didn't mention on Monday night is I've started watching a British TV series, a Sky original called The Midwich Cuckoos, which they've been pushing oh. via the Sky Guide. I only just started watching it. I like what I've seen so far. I will report back when I've finished it because I do believe, Joe, that you can only really give a genuine review of something once it's concluded, which is why I think it's slightly unfair for me to be pulling Obi-Wan Kenobi to pieces right now. Um, what have you actually seen? What is that? Sorry, but tell me, what's the premise of this thing that you just mentioned? Um, 
I don't even want to say because I think oh, it would be okay. going in with no knowledge will give you more of a rewarding experience than if I tell you what the premise is. Okay, it's, I it, don't know if it's available here yet, but I'll, I'll look for it. It's based on a John Wyndham book, the guy who wrote Day of the Triffids. So it's a horror story. I'll say oh. that. Oh, horror. James watching horror. Okay. Um, I, ended up, I ended up watching the rest of the Norm special, which was difficult to do. Um, and it got even more difficult because at the end, they do this like uh, round table with a bunch of really famous comedians that were f- friends. I'm going to say, quote unquote, friends with them. Uh, David Letterman, Dave Chappelle, Molly Shannon, Conan O'Brien and David Spade. And it's very clear from watching this that none of them really knew him. And it was hard for me to watch them answer questions and speculate about what his life was like right. and what things that I knew very well. And of course, like I'll talk about it here on my podcast uh, because that's what we do. But I don't like I, I don't know. It's, it's a very strange feeling because like obviously like I would not be invited to something like that clearly, but it is hard to watch a bunch of people like sort of talk about him having not really known him at all. So anyway, it was, it was, it was pretty emotional for me and I'm, I'm moving past it. Uh, I did watch two things. One thing I really enjoyed, I've been trying to get to for a while. The, the pipeline these days from like cinema to on demand to free quote unquote free on streaming is like so short these days. So this movie, the Northman, came out in theaters like, I don't know, a month ago. Feels like it was being advertised a week ago. Yeah. So then it showed up on like Apple TV for free, free, quote unquote. And then I missed that window. And then when I went to watch it, it was $20. And I was like, eh. And then the next week it ended up on Peacock. So I'm like, great. Watching on Peacock. Love this movie. Not as violent as you would think it is, but still quite violent. But just a really cool, dark it's exactly what it looks like, um, but I've been a fan of Robert Eggers' other two movies, The Witch and The Lighthouse. I both thought were pretty solid movies, even if they were a little weird. Uh, enjoy The Northman very much. What I did not care for is I finally, painfully got my way through Moon Knight. Right. It just took me forever to get through this. I don't know what people are seeing it. No offense to anyone that worked on it. I hate to like talk about stuff in, in a negative light these days. Obviously, I'm a big Oscar Isaac fan. Um, I have no idea what went on in that show over the six episodes. It was it was it was kind of painful for me, but I feel like I have to keep up with all the Marvel stuff in case something comes out that I actually am interested in. But now I finally feel like I can see Doctor Strange. Because I finally finished Moon Knight, and now Ms. Marvel's out, I think. Okay, so is there a reference? I mean, I obviously, having seen the Doctor Strange movie and not having seen Moon Knight, would I have got more out of the Doctor Strange movie had I seen Moon Knight beforehand? I don't know. I just know that's the order, though, right? Oh, like, Moon okay. Knight and then yeah, Doctor I Strange. Just, this whole thing frustrates me. It really does, uh, yeah. with everything being a trailer for the next thing. Um, before we talk... PSPC. Let's talk about the live event that's taking place right now, the World Series of Poker. Uh, we mentioned last week that it was kicking off in Vegas. I've not really been across it. I don't know much attention you've been paying to it, Joe. The only two things I've really seen are that Phil Helmuth has tested positive for COVID, so can't play right now. And I've seen a few people tweet about the color-up gone wrong, which is where dealers were instructed to color up during the break, and one dealer, bless him, who was clearly new, didn't understand the instruction, and 
raked in all of the chip stacks and reordered them according to chip color? Yes, yes. And <clears throat> look, when I when we talk about these stories from the WSOP, I, I look at them only from entertainment value. Uh, the WSOP appears to be mostly going very smoothly this year. People seem very happy with the new venue. Yes. I'll be the first to admit I was wrong. I thought that the new venue was going to be a bit of a disaster, especially when it came to parking. I've seen very few complaints. Uh, everyone's back this year. Things seem to be going well. I'm actually really happy, but we still do like these stories of really goofy shit happening, like the dealer who colored up the entire table during the break. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry for whoever it was. The but important it's very thing to funny. highlight here is that clearly. <laughs> the pandemic did affect the staffing of live events. Sure. We felt it in Europe on the EPT, and I'm sure the World Series is feeling it as well. There are a lot of new faces, and some of them look so happy and so enthusiastic to be there, which is awesome to see because ultimately that customer service has to be the first thing. Yes, there are going to be mistakes, but I'd like to think, I'd like to hope that players will be a little bit more patient knowing there are so many new people coming into this game, coming into this industry. Absolutely. Yeah. And it seems like everyone's pretty much in good spirits. There's been, you know, a couple of small controversies that hopefully uh, everybody gets over. But for the most part, it seems like everyone's there and having a blast. Did you see? Oh, I did see one social media post where a guy got dealt a joker. Uh, which is, <laughs> of course, that's going to happen, right? Where there's of thousands of hands an hour being dealt, that shit's going to happen. I still think it's kind of funny. I would play it. Uh, I would play it. I'd be like, wow, this is wild, right? I mean, I'm going to get the nuts. I'm like, this is fucking huge. This is a jackpot hand. Uh, did you see the the guy who um, on Twitter who was trying to say that what was it that Chopportunities was his or some some line that we do and that we're. No, stealing it from him. He's basically trying to take straighty, flushy paired board and turn it into boaty board and claim that boaty board is his expression. I don't care. Oh, okay. Okay. Boaty board is not something you say. I get it now. Okay, fine. He can have boaty board. No big deal. Uh, my girlfriend asked me after the first couple of days of the WSOP if I had FOMO, right? She's like, do yeah, you yeah. wish you were there? And I was like, no, absolutely not. No, 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 no. No, I'm fine. And then three days later, I was like, it seems really fun. <laughs> I, like, I actually like did a complete flip-flop on it. Like Once all the, all the stories started coming out of everyone just being so joyfully reunited at WSOP, I was like, maybe I do want to go there. Uh, I have one thing I have to get off my chest before, uh, before we move on to the PSPC thing. I'm funny, I have a story that I think you guys will think is funny because you all love when my ego gets smashed to bits. Um, there's a guy that's been a fan for, I don't know, like 15 years. He was like a Poker Road fan, a Huff and Stapes fan. And he wrote to me recently and he said, hey, a friend of mine uh, from New Zealand, I'm from New Zealand, a friend of mine is going to be visiting LA and I've been a fan for a really long time. And I was just wondering if there's anything cool you could hook her up with uh, in LA. You know, I don't know if you have any connections anymore. And at first I was like, yeah, you know, I'm not really that well connected anymore, but let me think about it. And then I realized... I have a friend who works at Universal Studios Hollywood, the, the theme park section, and I got to tell you what, uh, I'll hook him up with some free tickets to Universal Studios, and uh, you know, you know, if they want to upgrade their tickets, they can, but the the, the b base entry will be free. He's like, oh, thanks so much, and then maybe twenty minutes after that, I ended up booking a comedy show the same night, a few blocks from Universal Studios. 
So I wrote him back and I was like, oh, hey, also, if they like want to come to my show, I'll give them free tickets and drinks like they can get the VIP treatment on my show. They said no thanks. Oh, wow. To my show. They were just like, nah, we're good. We'll go to Universal. Thank you. And I was just like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, obviously, I didn't say anything, but I was like a little bit <laughs> offended and hurt that they were like, nah, we'll take the Universal Studio tickets. Thanks. And then they wrote back and said, um, oh, 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 you know, that they were like, you know what? We should probably go and like meet the person that's been so nice to us. And like, and then I wrote, look, if they don't want to come, it's totally fine. But what can't happen is please don't say they're coming and then not show up because that makes me look really bad. Like if I reserve tickets for people and they don't show up, people think it's just like a name on a list kind of thing. And it's not exactly like that. Generally, I'm buying the tickets when I say that. So. I wrote them like, hey, no big deal if they don't want to come, but just don't have them tell me. And that, and then after that, I never heard from them ever again. I didn't hear from them that they went to Universal. I don't, no, not like a, hey, it was a fun day. Absolutely nothing. So once again, me doing nice for something for somebody. Not that I expect a ton of praise and everything, but like, just like maybe like a, hey, we went to Universal Studios. Thanks for the free tickets. You see, would, be, would have been nice. Everyone knows me well enough to know that they're not going to come to me for a favor. <laughs> Because I'm either A, going to ignore it, or B, just say no. And I'm in a happier place. Who's better? Who's better? Like, who's who's better off for it? Probably you. I'm a fucking exactly. idiot. Exactly. All right, Joe, let's talk about the PokerStars Players No Limit Hold'em Championship, which is going to be the main theme of this week's podcast. And I think we need to start by turning back the clock to August 2019, which I appreciate is the better part of three years ago. It was at EPT Barcelona that we made the announcement about the second PSPC. And we awarded the first Platinum Passes. We had that special event, Chase Your Dream, where we had five competitors who thought they were coming to play for 10K in prize money. Actually, it turned out they were playing for 10K plus a Platinum Pass. And actually, it turned out that we were giving all five of them Platinum Passes. They were the original five winners. And two of those guys, Daryl and Danielle, came on the podcast immediately afterwards. We spoke to them. And in the weeks... And months that followed, we also talked to Mike McGee and Tom Parsons at the start of 2020. A matter of days before the world went into lockdown, we checked in with Rick Bleakley and Greg Armand. So a lot of players qualified early and have been waiting a long time for this tournament to happen. But we all know what happened next. It's been such a long time. Since all that happened, I actually found myself before we planned this episode thinking, whatever happened to those people? What were they there for? What was the, was it? And now I'm realizing, oh, it hasn't happened. It's we're it still waiting on it, it to happen. Because throughout 2020, throughout 2021, no major live events. And of course, a lot of things moved online. We had the World Series do that, EPT online. It didn't feel right to do that with the PSPC. This needs yeah. to be a live event because the experience for the Platinum Pass winners has to be more than just a ticket to a 25K. It's meant to be an amazing experience, an amazing destination. It's the holiday. It's the meeting your heroes. And they would be denied that if you made this an online event. So Yeah, it's kind of like waiting for it to release Top Gun for four years, right? Because it just had to be seen in the theaters. Like yeah. it's, That experience can't be recreated. It was worth the wait. So I appreciate appreciate that it is 
slightly awkward to keep postponing and delay it, but I think it was the right thing to do. And I, again, would highlight that during this time, Platinum Passes were still being awarded. And that was very much the case last year when we gave one away on this podcast. Remember Superfan Chad? I, I, how can I forget Superfan Chad? He's still he's still out there plugging away, hitting, hitting the podcast shill button every week. Thank Absolutely. you, Chad. So I checked him at the point of recording and close to 300 platinum passes this is the 30k package which gets you your trip to the event and your buy-in to the tournament three more around 300 have been claimed and now we've had confirmation of the new dates and the new venue so it's going to be at the end of january 2023 it's going to be back in the bahamas but a new venue so same location but new venue the bahama (laughs) resort on cable beach in nassau which i have to say looks sick really excited about going there that's been confirmed and now we've confirmed the way that you can still win a platinum pass we've got qualification paths live and online so i thought it was worth joe just highlighting what those paths are yeah so the live Wait, what, route, before you get into that sorry just to help me with the math here 300 have been claimed it's a it's a 25k buy-in so we're not quite but we're talking about what, that puts the prize pool already at, what, $8 million or something? So just to put things into perspective, for the first ever PSPC, there were 320 Platinum Pass winners. I think we are going to exceed that number. And I that think so, too. That is understatement of the year. Yeah. Especially when I tell you that the road to PSPC, which is a series of live MTTs where a Platinum Pass is added that goes to the winner. I mean, I'm looking... Pokestars live right now and the first one took place in Liechtenstein over the weekend we've got an event in France later this month in Guggen Mestres there's an event in Spain in Valencia at the start of July Uh, San Marino in Italy has a road to PSPC event there's one at the BSOP Winter Millions in Sao Paulo Uh, the Bonington Hotel in Dublin is hosting a road to PSPC in mid-July then this mini tour goes to Hamburg in Germany, it goes to the Philippines, it goes to Greece, it goes to Belgium, it goes to Slovenia. Wow. Oh, shit. There are so many of these Road to PSPC events in a variety of destinations, hopefully one in your part of the world. And I should say that this lineup, this schedule is constantly being updated. New dates, new venues are being announced all the time. So if you go to Pokestars Live, you'll see the latest date. So for example, if right now there isn't a venue or a destination that suits you, there might be one soon. Uh, I know there are others in the works and announcements are imminent. And the buy-in is 400 euros or the local equivalent. So reasonably affordable, but online sats exist for these things. And the idea is it plays a bit like the hybrid sat we were talking about earlier, like a conventional MTT with a conventional prize pool and payouts, but the winner gets that added platinum pass and gets that amazing experience to come to the PSPC. So if you're not in one of those places, maybe you could do like a little short trip, a little holiday, right? Go play a 400 buy-in event. Not not exceedingly expensive for a lot of people. If you only play one or two tournaments a year, that's yeah. something I could scrape together for. And so you get to play the regular tournament for like a nice chunky prize pool, which is probably going to bring a lot of people out. And the Platinum Pass is added. Yes. And I would say that 
in and of themselves, these should be fun tournaments to play. This is not dissimilar to yes. the Moneymaker Tour, which ran right. as a qualification path for the first PSPC. And I know you went to a couple of those events, Joe. And So fun. I was at one of the Road to PSPC events in 2019. Um, Statric, who of course now works with us full time, but back then had just finished his internship with PokerStars, was playing in that. Patrick was trying to get his way to the PSPC. Aww. That was at Asper's Casino, uh, which also It's a good thing you didn't win, Lex Patrick, because they'd have to strip you of it now that you work for the company full-time. That would have been an awkward one, wouldn't it? A dodgy <laughs> conversation to have. Um, so there is the online route as well. And again, the Megapath was something that was running back in 2019, then got suspended for a while and is now back. And this is a simple steps satellite, Joe, where you can come in during the late stages, but if you want, you can come in at the very beginning. And... It can be quite mega as a path because if you play all the routes, you've got to get in via a 50-cent spin-and-go, which then gets you into a uh, $5 sit-and-go tournament, which then gets you into a $20 MTT, which then gets you into a $100 MTT, which then gets you into the 1K satellite that gets you the Platinum Pass. So there's a lot of steps to get through. I should highlight, you can buy in directly at any stage up to and including the $100 MTT, which is the penultimate step. You cannot buy in directly to the 1K qualifier I itself. I love that. That's great. I'm looking forward to seeing all these Platinum Pass winners in the Bahamas in January and being like, this is a person who got in on a 50-cent step. This is a person who got in on the $1 step. This is going to be really, really fun to watch these. I mean, imagine going from the 50 cent all the way to a final table at the PSPC. Like, I can't wait. So I decided to look into who won a platinum pass recently and who we could potentially have on the show. And interestingly, one of the most recent winners of the mega path uh, was Dominic Nietzsche. Uh, oh, so that know, old, that old, <laughs> that old up and comer. But if you think about the first PSPC, you know, um, David Peters was a platinum pass winner. You don't have to be an amateur. You don't have to be a microstakes player to win a Platinum Pass. We should be awarding and rewarding players of all backgrounds yes. uh, all over the world. You want as many people there as possible playing this event alongside the pros who are going to buy in directly. I should also highlight that this is not a dissimilar method to how Jennifer Carter won her first Platinum Pass. That's right, her first Platinum Pass to the PSPC in 2019. <laughs> Jennifer Carter has qualified for PSPC 2023. She'll be coming back with her knitting needles. We will see her in the Bahamas once again. Um, but the person I wanted to talk to is someone who won a Platinum Pass courtesy of the Big 20 promotion that took place towards the end of 2021, celebrating the 20th anniversary of PokerStars. His name is Colm Chan. He is from Ireland, and he's with us right now on the podcast. Hello, Colm. Hello. How are you? Thanks for having me on. Not at all, and congratulations on bagging yourself a Platinum Pass. We're just saying some people have been waiting since the summer of 2019 for this event to happen. I guess... Having won your pass in November of last year, you o only have to wait a year and a few months. Yeah, so yeah, it's not too bad for me. But the package I won also had like three other events, so it breaks up the year nicely. So that was okay. That was pretty amazing. Well, let's talk about that because was it one of the Big Twenty Rewind events that you won? Yeah, so it was the opening uh, Big Twenty Rewind event. Uh, so thousand one, wasn't it? Celebrating thousand one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, it was eleven dollar. I I pay like I probably had ten tables open, and uh, I wasn't taking any notice of it. And then we got down <laughs> to like two tables, 
was 15 grand up top, which is really big for me. Like I'm only playing like 11, 20 dollar events. And uh, I was like, oh, brilliant, 15,000 up top. And then I was reading the, there was some notes underneath it. I never, I didn't know what P20 was. And it was just went through all the patches were adding on. And I was like, oh shit. Then I started getting stressed when I was like 14. Like, <laughs> so wait, so you're just like, at what point would you normally start paying attention to a poker tournament? Uh, is it common <laughs> for you to get to the final two tables of an event playing, paying 15K? No, well, no, no, obviously no, no. But yeah, as I got deep, but there's so many $11 tournaments and you bust them. Even when you're at the last 100, you're still going to bust so often. Um, yeah. but, but then, oh, yeah, last two tables, I was like, I had a big side. I won a very, I think I had, it was a three-way three all in with like three outs and I won that with like 20 left. So then I was like, okay, we'll pay attention to this. And then when I seen <laughs> the 35 grand on top, that was exciting. Yeah, absolutely. Which included the all-important Platinum Pass, the chance to go to the PSPC. Um, just tell us a little bit about your background, Colm. I mean, you talked a little bit about the kind of poker tournaments you normally play. Um, I'm guessing poker's still a hobby for you. Yeah, at the moment. It's half and half at the moment. So uh, I run the family rest on my brother for the last few years. Um, so I get a lot of daytimes off and he works. We do different shifts. So I get, I get a nice bit of time to play online poker now, so kind of moving up over the last few months hopefully uh, i can't tell you how many restaurants james and i have been in over the years and we see some guy like you know the manager sitting at a table or the owner sitting at a table playing on poker stars do you ever uh sit in the restaurant on your ipad swapping never back joe, and forth? Never. I, I don't know what you're talking about <laughs> 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 what kind of restaurant is it i want to know a little bit more it's, about it uh, uh, you call it hibachi over there, I think. It, it's oh, a tapenaki yeah. restaurant. Yeah, so it's uh, it's in Dublin. My dad retired just pre-COVID, so it's me and the brother now. Is it the kind of place where they do like a show, like they do tricks and stuff? Yeah, so there'll be downstairs in normal area, and then upstairs there'll be three uh, ta- tapenaki tables with all the tricks. And Chayo Restaurant, by the way, is the name. Dublin. That's so fun. I love it. Mm. Anytime you're in Dublin. Don't worry about it. I'll be there for the 5% discount. I've, got, I've always got my hand open. Don't worry. So outside of restaurants and poker, what else occupies your time, Carl? Um, I used to be a teacher. I was a secondary school teacher for wow. maybe 10 years, uh, history and religion. Uh, then I went back to study psychology. I thought I wanted to do that. Finished that. And then I just went into the family, family business. Um, yeah. So now you have this opportunity to play a huge 25k event in the Bahamas. What preparation, if any, are you doing? What expectations do you have going into this? Yeah, well, I'm kind of always working away studying, but yeah, I have to ramp it up the next year or so. So I have been, in fairness. Um, Expectations, I don't know. I try to tell the girlfriend this all the time, like you're only going to cash in like 20% events. She just expects that you're going to go in 50k every time because it's big buy-ins. I'm like, no, 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 this isn't going to happen probably. Um. So, yeah, look, we'll see what happens. I should probably sell some, but I don't know. I don't like selling. The good news in this respect is that if you're only going to cash 20% of the time, and this is one of those 20%, you will win about 50K since you're not really investing anything, right? Like a min cash isn't going to be quite 50K probably, but near enough. So that's pretty good. Like a min cash here would be a pretty big score for most people to win a tournament. Yeah, definitely. That was the situation. So the package, the event had a package for the EPT 
and I was in the 5k main and the main cash was like nine and a half grand. I was in for $11. So that was like super stressful. So I, hopefully you get the same situation in the Bahamas. No, uh, yeah. So let's, you, you did say some other events came along with that prize. You won any luck in those events? Yeah. Uh, Willie Elliott's my, my, my lucky, lucky man or something. He, I met him over there. He said, every time I'm there, you cash. So, we got into like four events in EPT Prague as a part of the package. We cashed three. I mean, we cashed the main, the 1K and the, the 330. Oh, yeah. We came like 61st in the main. You were commentating on it, actually, but you didn't know that, obviously, the online to the real person. No, of course. Uh, Did I say anything particularly dumb about you? No, no, it was okay. There was a hero call. There was a separate video, a reel with me and Danchek at one point. Do you know what? I don't it's remember that. all coming together. I remember mm. you now from the Prague live stream. I didn't put two and two together and realize that you yeah. were the Platinum Pass winner. Just realized, thought you were a qualifier. Yeah, yeah, that was it. Well, that's fantastic. Um, obviously, the PSPC is going to be uh, a much bigger event. I'm sure you got to meet some of your poker heroes in Prague. Is there anyone you're looking forward to meeting in the Bahamas? Got to meet a lot of my heroes. Got to meet Sam Grafton over there. Uh, oh, I had a good chat. First time I met Sam. Well, the first time I met him was when we were getting the platinum pass, and he was just saved us like half an hour. It was lovely. And the second time I met him, he just came over and goes, I just got busted from the five, 25k, a load of bullshit. We ranted into a hand history, so that was cool. Um, someone I'm looking forward to meeting. Uh, I don't know. I heard Max Verstappen could be on the cards, so that'd be cool. Neymar. Yeah. These guys. I mean, know. I can't confirm who's going to be there yet, but I mean, the first time around, we saw some pretty big names make their way to this event. Um, one final question, Colm, just before we start this interview, I saw you relocating uh, an NFL helmet. Is there a story behind that? <laughs> yeah, the pain of being an Atlanta Falcons fan, I just had it in the background there. Oh. How the fuck does a guy from where you're from become an Atlanta Falcons fan? Yeah, so I started, so I was like 15 or 14. Michael Vick was on the front of Madden. Do you remember that year where oh, he beat Green yeah. Bay in the, in the NFC Championship? From around there, I just started being a Falcons fan. I went to the Super Bowl where they got beaten in, uh, against oh. the Patriots. Well, if it's any sympathy, we inherited the offensive coordinator who fucked up that game, and he fucked up the Super Bowl for us a few years later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Kyle Shanahan, yeah. Guys, look, I, 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 don't, I can't really relate. You know, I was a L.A. Rams fan for about three and a half weeks before they won the Super Bowl. So, I, you know, I've, it's been all gravy over here. Easy. <laughs> so I'm taking it that sports are a big passion for you. Yeah, actually, I did stuff in here accident on purpose, I swear. This is just a hurling team behind us. Do you know hurling? I'm aware of it, yep. Yeah, it's Irish sport with sticks and hit each other and stuff. But I yes, thought hurling was be was on account of all the drinking in Ireland, but it turns out it's a sport. Correct. There's a lot of drinking too. <laughs> <laughs> there's hurling, and then there's drinking that leads to more hurling. Correct. Um, Colm, it was great to talk to you, and uh, look forward to seeing you in the Bahamas come January for the All Important Players Championship. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on. Can't wait. See you soon. Talking to Combat Joe, I realized that at least the new batch of Platinum Pass winners have an idea of what to expect now, because this event has already taken place once. But the first one, no one really knew what was going to happen. Yeah. And of course, the event was live streamed at the time, and then it was televised. And for anyone who hasn't seen those shows, 
from this Friday, you can watch those shows on the Pokestars YouTube channel. New episodes will be uploaded every single week. So over the course of nine weeks, every Friday, you'll get to watch from the very first hand at the start of day one, all the way through to the final hand at the final table on day five of the biggest 25k in history. And these are shows which, as I said, were filmed in January 2019, uh, went into post-production that summer. We did the commentary for these in Vegas in December Almost of Almost a year later, yeah. They aired initially on Channel 4 in the UK in the summer of 2020. Subsequently, they've aired in TV networks all over the world. In the English language, I know they've been seen in Canada. I know they've been seen on uh, FS1 in the USA. But interestingly, I thought about this when I was watching the first episode, just watching the start of it again. So, of course, when we did the live streams, and we did this with the PCA in 2018, and we did it with the PSPC in 2019, we had the desk, right? We had that huge set where we had the breakout desk where we would do a live intro to the stream every day, either with one of our analysts like Griffin or Maria, or with a guest. I think Moneymaker was our guest for the start of the PSPC. And that's how we would introduce the live stream every single day. And it was like a five to ten minute segment. We decided to repurpose that for the TV shows because it seems like a good way to intro the shows. Gets us in vision at the start. It gives you a grounding in where I things mean, are at. You got that big fancy desk. You got to get as much juice out of it as you can, too. And of course, for the TV shows, a little bit of finessing can take place. So first of all, you're going to reduce it by duration because 10 minutes is too long. You want to have like a three minute intro for an hour long TV show and you can paint some of what we're talking about with like shots of the players walking in like if we're referencing one of our platinum pass winners we can then show that person taking their seat because that's the art of post-production that's the art of the edit but it occurred to me that sometimes you have to fix some of the things we're saying we have to do punch-ins in post to make it flow to make it work also, we might be referencing something in the live intro that doesn't end up in the TV show. Maybe that has to come out. Maybe there's a flub of you know, because that was all done live. There's lots of reasons to have to play with it. So I realized that these desk segments have, let's call it commentary or voiceover, that was recorded on site in the Bahamas mm-hmm. with additional lines and fixes made during a voiceover session in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. I think that's where your involvement stopped. Then when the shows went into post-production in the summer of 2019, I probably did some additional fixes from a voiceover booth in London. And last but by no means least, just before they aired on Channel 4 in the summer of 2020, from the seat I'm sitting in right now from my home office using the same headset that went to Vegas, that went to the Bahamas, that was used in the London office, some additional last minute fixes. So when you watch that opening section of the very first episode, know that some of what I'm saying was at the time, some was in Vegas, some was in London, some was at home. I mean, that could barely even work for me. Like, I'm glad that you had to do it because my voice changes so much over the years. It might not even match. I've got different incarnations of my... Uh, I, I'm I'm surprised you're telling people about this so that they can go and, like, listen for slight... I kind of feel to the podcast audience, we do like to peel back the curtain and take them yeah. behind the scenes on what goes into the production of these shows. And this is why I want to say, even if you watched our live coverage of the PSPC, you should check out these shows on YouTube, it's a finessed production and it really shows the scale and scope 
of the PSPC and gives you an idea of all the different people from all different walks of life, from the pros to the Platinum Pass winners to the celebrities to the sports stars who sat down at those tables on day one. And for me, that's what those first couple of shows really achieve, which are going to be coming out the next couple of Fridays. Just... It's almost like a circus before it actually becomes uh, a really serious poker tournament. I've said this before, but I can't stress it enough. This run of shows is so fun. Um, The I believe the live streams for them have been up since they aired or whatever. You could go watch them on YouTube. The cut down episodes are are just really, really fun. James and I back in the booth together doing what we do best. I remember being fun to record. I remember being fun to watch. I remember being very proud of them. And uh, if I get a chance to rewatch them as they're coming out on YouTube, James has given you his behind the scenes. I will tell you what we were having for lunch every day while we were recording. But I'll be like, that was Smashburger. That was Buffalo Wild Wings. That was Quiznos. I will remember just based on the jokes I was making how fruity the lunches got. Look, I don't think I'm going to be able to get anything together for this Friday, but when the final table airs, when the final show airs, which is going to be towards the end of July, beginning of August, I'd like to organize something, some kind of watch party, some kind of get-together where we can do a Q&A and talk about the series as a whole, because I think that would be a lot of fun. But we talked about getting someone on this podcast to talk about the early episodes, and it's hard because even though this event took place more than three years ago, I don't want to do too many spoilers. I don't want to ruin the experience for someone who's not familiar uh, with the tournament and also wanted to talk to someone who'd already won a platinum pass and been there seen it done it and who better than someone who won a platinum pass on this podcast and who features in those first couple of shows turkey jensen welcome back to poker in the ears uh thank you for having me on i mean it seems weird to be back on the last time where i did bojack uh <laughs> trivia for some reason yes <laughs> it's but, been more than three years. Does it feel like it? Um, it feels like longer. <laughs> ah. uh, this uh, this has been a weird three years for me uh, because, like, everything has happened. You know, I've finished my education. I've uh, gotten. Uh, I've bought a house. I've done a lot of adult stuff, and I didn't feel like an adult when I wasn't about. See, I actually just said this, and seeing you, it looks like you've grown up in the last three years. Like, you look like, you know, you looked like a young man before, but now you look like a man-man, and look, the last three years have aged all of us, but it sounds like you've hit a bunch of life benchmarks over that time. Was the Platinum Pass, like, the, the first of those? I mean, getting out and doing something crazy like that was very, it was a turning point in some sense. Like, um, as I told the, it didn't get into the doc that we're going to talk about later, but I talked a lot with those guys about uh, some mental health issues that I've gone through. And uh, this, uh, the, the trip to the Bahamas was kind of the first place where I was not, the sick guy you know kind of so it was uh, so no one really knew uh which was nick knew who i brought but yeah other than that i was basically just there as myself which was uh kind of freeing well let's go through things chronologically first of all because it's one of joe's favorite moments in the history of this podcast let's remind ourselves of the moment that you won your platinum pass on this show 
The final score is 10 points to the superfan, 6 points to Joe Stapleton. Congratulations, Toka Gerding Jensen. You are a winner. Okay, now here's the thing. Yeah. Um, you know the Chop Pot merchandise was discontinued a long time ago. Yes. We've run out of mini chipsets. Yeah. Um, we've already given away the PCA satellite ticket this week. So yeah. I'm kind of not sure what we can give you. Um, would you accept a Platinum Pass and a 30k package to the PSPC what? in the Bahamas? No. Oh my god. You can't be serious. I am serious. Is this for real? This is for real. Yeah. Are you telling me that I'm going to the Bahamas? I'm telling you that by winning this game that we are giving you the Platinum Pass oh, and courtesy of Poker in the Ears. Oh, you man. are going to the Poker uh, Stars Players Championship. You are going to Jesus the PSPC. fucking Christ. Turner! <laughs> Terga, buddy, aren't you so glad that you got those questions that I didn't beat you? Uh. Dude, when James asked you that question, I thought that I was like, you better fucking finish up with the rest of that question if you're not actually ask, uh, offering him a platinum pass. This is fucking cruel, dude. I would never do that. I've been known to do many cruel and horrible things, uh. but that would be too much. Um, we appreciate your support, Toka, and we're glad that we will see you in the Bahamas in January 2019. Oh, my God. Thank you. You can't get enough of it, can you, Joey? Uh, I don't know. It's rare that I actually give a shit about anything. And that I, was uh, just a real, really lovely moment where I, I still, it felt like I had won. Well, I still feel slightly guilty for not looping you in. But I kind of felt if I tell Joe... A, he's going to throw the game. And B, I don't <laughs> trust him not to blurt it out or say something that's a massive hint. Uh, yeah. Yes, but also I think getting that honest reaction out of me too, like it was nice not to have to fake it for once. When we redo the TV shows, how many times in the early years, James, when we're doing the, the commentary over the winning moment, are you and Francine had to be like, dude, come on, could you could you pretend to be a little excited for this? I'm like, I already know what happens. <laughs> but since then, you've had, uh, you know, you've, you've smartened up your acting chops courtesy of a exactly. Pepsi commercial, so it's all good. Um <laughs> So after that moment, and you've already referenced Nick Walsh there, Turka, yep. how did he get involved in this? So <laughs> it basically was, I won the package and I told my girlfriend and she was like, yeah, I'm not going. Um, <laughs> oh. <laughs> so it's like, okay. Uh, Wait, for I, what reason was she so adamant about not going? Just didn't want to be sitting by herself while you played poker or doesn't like traveling or uh, the first one there, and uh, okay. she was uh, in a job where she could she j couldn't just take it off. She you know okay. she's a school teacher uh, or high school teacher, sorry. Uh, wow. So she just couldn't get off, uh, and uh, she wasn't really interested in being. <laughs> it's kind of a role of a side piece, in not in that way, but you know you know she's just standing there waiting for if me. If you're not to a poker play. player, you do end up with a lot of you know time to yourself and not you know it feels kind of dumb uh you know just yeah. you can either be out on water slides by yourself or standing watching your friend who's playing poker by yourself and i can understand that's not super appealing exactly yeah so uh i uh didn't have any danish friends that played poker either like uh, a little bit one uh one that i know but I hadn't talked to him in a while and it was a lot in the OP poker stream that was back then. So Nick Walsh's streams uh, and I'd uh, kind of build a rapport with him. And I was like, well, if I want to do well in this, I should probably bring a poker guy. So I kind of just out of thin air kind of, you know, kind of hinted at it without actually saying it because it feels weird to ask a stranger, hey, 
are you going to be my plus one? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, we uh, especially kind of one that's not even good at MTTs. <laughs> That's a fair point, Sue. Um, <laughs> I was just assuming I was going to get heads up, you know. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, uh, it was just nice to have someone who actually understood the game. Uh, and uh, I then found out that Nick likes to party, uh, which was also very convenient since I busted on day one. So, yeah. <laughs> well, I, good I'm choice. glad <laughs> you were able to have a, a good time. I mean, I was going to say no spoilers, but we know that you didn't win. But we can say you feature in at least the first couple of episodes. Now, have you seen the shows and are you happy with how you were portrayed? I have seen clips of it. Um, and uh, I mean, I don't feature a lot. As far as I know, because as I said, uh, I didn't go that far. Um, and it po this house wasn't built on money on money from poker. So uh, yeah, uh, it was kind of. Uh, I, I feel I was portrayed right, uh, but there was some pieces uh, of information that didn't get in. You know, it, it's always going to be like that uh, yeah. because uh, they had conversations with my parents about uh, the the mental health scares and stuff. And they were really open and really, uh, I, I hadn't seen them talk that much about feelings, actually. And then doing them doing it in front of a camera was kind of impressive to me. But yeah, yeah I did, that didn't make the cut. But yeah. yeah, I think you have to make the final table for your parents to make the cut, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. Um, the key question is, happy with your choice of shirt? Yes, very. Um, <laughs> I feel like that was the right choice. Uh, having a shirt with just covered in poker chips. That's the perfect yeah. choice because yeah. they're going to assume that I'm a fish from the start. Yeah. They were kind of right, but you know. <laughs> I, mean, I think you got a decent amount of screen time compared to some of the other Platinum Pass winners. Obviously, it helped that you were at the same table as Sam Grafton for a while who played some interesting hands, including the infamous uh, slow roll. Um, <laughs> the key question... Yeah. Any advice for the next generation of Platinum Pass Ooh, winners? If you could do it question. all again, would you do anything differently? Yeah, don't bring a camera crew. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm joking. But, you know, I, I was kind of, um, I didn't take it all in uh, when I was there because I was kind of, when I got there, I was kind of too serious on, I want to really do well here. I At that point, when you got there, there's no chance that you're going to improve your game in that day or two until the tournament starts. Just enjoy the trip, man. Like, <laughs> I did yeah. enjoy the trip a bit. Like, I had, I remember the opening night where I was talking with Bruce Buffer about the buffet, which was really bizarre. Um, <laughs> was he filling his pockets with things from the buffet? <laughs> uh, no. I, like, <laughs> he was teaching uh, you all his tricks about how to wrap up food in napkins and save you know, it for later. He has a lot of experience from Vegas about with buffets, exactly. right? So, <laughs> but yeah, it, I had so many weird experiences that I'm very happy that I got. Um, and just enjoy them fully. Like, uh, and... Fun story. I didn't know Sam Grafton when I sat down uh, and he was on my direct left and he kept uh, trying to he he played a false role where he tried to say that he would just got in here because he had friends in high places. Uh, so he wasn't a pro poker player. He was just a guy that, you know, kind of bought in for fun and stuff. Uh, and he's just kept playing this act for the entire until the first break when Nick told me, well, Dude, that's Sam Grafton. What are you doing? 
oh shit oh, who's sam crafton again <laughs> um but yeah i i had so many fun memories and i can't really encamp- encompass them all so i'm just gonna say enjoy them yeah. So what what Chuck is really saying is, if he had a second platinum pass, he would really get it right this time. Oh God! <laughs> yeah, uh, you know what? I'm gonna let you find someone else. Uh, I'm gonna let you give that experience of a lifetime to someone else. Well, we've already given it away to Chad towards the end of last year, as you know, Turka. But oh yeah, hey, look- that's right. We've, we've already highlighted the mega path, the road to PSPC, all the various ways that people can potentially win their way. And look. I think for most people, I think it's fair to say that it is going to be a once in a lifetime experience. I think what's interesting is that we have had, I don't know whether she's the only one, but Jennifer Carter is a two-time Platinum Pass winner. She's going to be going back. So there might be uh, one or two for sure. But um, yeah, I think what I really want to get to is is the fact that you had very limited time to prep for this. And I am guess that a lot of people come in thinking about like how to potentially outplay the pros how potentially to kind of like you know put themselves in a position to win it rather than that mindset which is just have a blast and understand that against most of the players in this field variance is your friend yeah exactly just play your game because you're not gonna just uh, from when you win the platinum pass till you play the tournament you're not gonna outgrow the pros that quickly that's not gonna happen so just play it and, you know, let the fo- uh, cards fall as they may. And hopefully you get a, a min cash at least, which will then, uh, you know, that's a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but again, courtesy of Mr. Walsh, at least he was able to show you some good times. And I think that's one of the things that I would say was the biggest takeaway for me. None of us really saw this coming was the kind of bond that formed between yeah. so many past winners, this like community of PSPC qualifiers who kind of were going off doing activities together, playing private games together. It was actually really adorable. Yeah, it's kind of strange. But yeah, we, we're just uh, talking in this uh, group and, you know, cheering each other on when we have a big score and stuff. It's kind of, uh, yeah, kind of cute. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, obviously, you can see Turka in the first couple of PSPC shows. As we've mentioned, they are airing on the Pokestars YouTube channel. New episodes every Friday. As you haven't seen all of the shows, I imagine you'll be watching. Yeah, of course. I mean, I've been itching to to watch the entire show and not watching kind of some bootleg sites that put them out. Like, uh, just watching them in my own pace, uh, at my own pace, without, you know, just on YouTube. It's so accessible. So I'm looking forward to it. Cool. I I just have one question about the Platinum Pass camaraderie. Yep. Did anybody anybody hook up? Were there any any hookups, Ah. Platinum Passes? Were there some Platinum Passes for your asses, for getting some asses, or what? (laughs) What, uh, Is is this where where Americans plead the fifth? Is that what it is? (laughs) Yes, it is. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone su- knows that one. <laughs> what a superb way to end things. Turka, it was great to catch up with you, and hopefully, we will see you again soon. Obviously, appreciate every time you're watching one of the streams, and we see you in chat. Well, thank you for having me. And from a former superfan to this week's superfan. The name is Biondi, Marco Biondi. Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> Hello, thanks, guys. Yeah. Oh, wow. Have We've you... got the Connery-esque accent to boot. 
Exactly, yes. For a very Italian name, it's a very Scottish accent. <laughs> Have you uh, dealt with a lot of uh, James Biondi jokes in your life? I have not. It's more of a beyondy, like a beyond or two oh, and beyond. Bath or, and beyondy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Fair okay. Enough. We'll 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 move on from jokes about your name and ask where exactly you are in the world. I'm guessing Scotland, and what you do in the world. Yes. So I live in Fife in Scotland, and I work in Edinburgh. The Kingdom in, of Fife. That's it. Yes. And uh, I work in the city of Edinburgh as an integration engineer, which uh, I don't blame you if you don't know what that is. Are you going to turn around and tell me it's something information technology related? Very close, yes. So I mostly work with cameras. Um, Our company actually makes the cameras, the thermal imaging cameras that go on like a lot of BBC shows, Attenborough shows, so like uh, Planet Earth 2 and Seven oh, Worlds cool. all use our cameras. So, yeah, very cool. So, wait, that's almost like TV production. Maybe I should be buttering Marco up like I usually do if there's anyone that can remotely help my TV career. <laughs> uh, well, no, we're kind of mostly just pass up our cameras to all those guys. We just test them first, <laughs> make sure they're working properly. All right, fine. I guess I won't kiss your butt then. There we go. The moment when Joe realizes he can't get a gig out of you, he loses interest. Uh, and what about poker, Marco? How much do you get to play? Oh, well, my poker story. Uh, I started playing when I was at university, so that's like eight years ago now. Uh, played a bit there. Watched a lot of your guys' live streams, as you do when you're a student, you know. <laughs> uh, but playing now, not so much in the last year. COVID obviously was crazy. There was a lot of free time to play a lot of poker, but yeah, yeah, started getting into the real life again now. Of course. Well, it's all about balance, and hopefully you That's can it. carve out some time to play the $109 Sunday Million should you win this quiz, which is themed around an event in Monaco, not the EPT, but the event that follows a couple of weeks later, the Monaco Grand Prix. I fancy your chances. I don't think Joe's Formula One knowledge is that great. I would say, by the way, that I'm probably fueled by the partnership between PokerStars and Red Bull Racing. I actually watched highlights of this year's Monaco Grand Prix and quickly checked questions to make sure it isn't a spoiler. No spoilers. Um, it was... Shit show would be too strong a word, but it was... There were a few crashes and a lot of bad weather, Marco. Yes, Formula One often gets very interesting when the but, weather gets a bit crazy. So This question probably doesn't bode well for me doing well here but isn't crashes the reason why people tune in oh joe well it's not i'm not I saying i i want people to crash i'm just saying like look i isn't that what isn't that action yeah i think people do enjoy the drama quite a lot so that's probably why a lot of people do tune in or watch the highlights to see kind of what's been going on there i suppose yeah Okay. I, I, look, I don't want I don't watch F one because I don't like seeing car crashes. I don't watch UFC because I don't like seeing people get punched in the face. But it seems like a part of a I part think of the thing. As I yeah, learn yeah. more about the sport, the greater appreciation I have for the engineering turn signals and the talent of the drivers who pilot these amazing pieces of tech. Yeah. Anywho. The history of the Monaco Grand Prix is the subject. I have 10 questions in front of me. Marco, as our superfan, as our guest, you get to go first on the board. I think I'm going to go for 
Number seven, please. Always coming seven. Okay, this should be a relatively easy one for an F1 fan. Who won the Monaco Grand Prix last year in 2021? In 2021 was Max Verstappen. It was indeed for two points. And Joe, you're up. I would not have gotten that one. Just for the record, I always say when I would have gotten it, and I definitely would not have gotten that one. Uh, question, snowmen's nom nom. Number eight. Who won the Monaco Grand Prix this year, 2022? God, if I had done even the smallest bit of research, I probably could have come up with this. Uh, I'll take the choices. Was it Max Verstappen going back to back? Was it Charles Leclerc? Was it Sergio Perez? Or was it Lewis Hamilton? Lewis Hamilton. No, it was the other Red Bull racing driver, Sergio Perez. Okay, I got it wrong, but I'm on brand. Here we go. Okay, so any number other than seven or eight, Marco? Number nine. Number nine. Now, this is a bonus attached. So that means, Joe, your next offering will be the other questions which have bonuses. Very good. Which driver won the Monaco Grand Prix in 2013, 2014, and 2015? Three consecutive years. Yes, that was Nico Rosberg. It was indeed for two points. And the bonus question, what country is Nico from? So he drives under a German flag. He is indeed German. So you have the full complement of five points right now. Joe, the other questions that have bonuses yeah, are bonus. two, four, and five. So give me two, four, or five. Five. Number five. Which current Formula One driver is the only driver who is actually from Monaco. It's no secret that a few of them choose Monaco as their country of residence. I'm sure it's all about the weather and the lovely high-rise apartment buildings and nothing else. But who is actually from Monaco? I'll take the choices. Is it Pierre Gasly, Nicolas Latifi, Charles Leclerc, or Esteban Ocan? I think Charles Leclerc is from Is Monaco. correct for a single point. And your bonus... <laughs> How would you describe someone from Monaco? What adjective would you use? They're Monagasque. They are indeed for the bonus nice points. You're on the board, <laughs> He's Joe. so happy for me. He's like, all I want is for to not embarrass. He's like, good for well, you. Yay. Obviously, obviously, I was listening last week, and uh, it's fair to say you weren't best pleased at the end of the quiz last week. I was so. pretty pissed last week. Yeah. yeah, I was really mad about that. So having just given Joe a virtual pat on the head, uh, <laughs> which question would you like next, Marco? Uh, number 10. Go number on. 10. Who organized the first ever Monaco Grand Prix and has a corner of the track named after them? Oh. oh. Roger Hairpin. <laughs> a corner named after them. Oh, Anthony Noakes. It is indeed for two wow. points. Okay, Joe. Uh, one, two, three, four, or six? Uh, six. What is the name of the hotel overlooking the famous Hairpin Bend? Oh, that's the Fairmont Hotel. It is for two points. It's closer than you would have thought. I'm uh, running you... hot in questions, but the, like the only ones I would know are the ones I'm getting today. So I'm fully Thanks. admitting to that. Okay. You're still up 7-4, so I wouldn't worry too much. And we're going into the penultimate round, Marco. One, two, three, or four. Number one. 
In which year was the Monaco Grand Prix first run? Multiple choice 19... options are available if you need them. Yeah, go with the multiple choice. Okay, was it 1904, 1929, 1934, or 1959? Nine, yeah, I know that. In, no, I don't, I don't want to potentially spoil another question, but I'll go for 1929. Correct for a single point. Wow. Joe, you're not drawing dead, buddy. Two, three, or four? And two and four both have bonuses, right? They Didn't do indeed. So you can only have two or four because Marco will automatically get the other one with a bonus to keep it fair and balanced. I'll, I'll take one. That just went. So you can have two, three, or four. Oh, sorry, three. How many laps were there in this year's Monaco Grand Prix? That's a great question. I remember laps three and five very well. Uh, I'll take the choices. Those were the wet ones. Uh, was it 38, 58, 78, or 98? 98 sounds like too many. 38 sounds like enough, but that's the lowest number you gave me, right? Correct. The middle numbers were 58 and 78. 58 laps. 78. You lost a flip, buddy. So, oh, Marco, two or four. Both have bonuses. Go for number two. Which Formula One driver, current or former, has the most wins on this circuit? That'll be Ayrton Senna. Ayrton Senna is the answer for two points. And your bonus question, how many wins are we talking about? Six. Correct for the bonus. And Joe, the final question is question number four. Which constructor has the most wins at this track? Which brand of car, as it were? I guess I'll have to take the choices, so I don't even... I need, like, an example of a brand. Okay. Well, uh, hopefully you know one of them. Red Bull Racing, baby! That is one of the options. <laughs> the other options being McLaren, Ferrari, or Williams. McLaren, Ferrari, Williams. I'm going to say McLaren. Correct, for a point. And your bonus question, how many wins? So I, you would assume that, like, a team has more wins than a driver, you right? You would, and I think so, you'd be correct to assume that. So if Senna has six for the driver record, McLaren, let's say McLaren has 14. Oh, so close. I'm tempted to give you the point just out of pity. 15 was the answer. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, Joe, you put up a respectable five points. So it wasn't a complete shellacking, but with 11 points, Marco, suffice to say, you're a winner. So congratulations. Merch, Sunday Million Ticket, coming your way. Thank you very much, guys. And I'll tell you what I'll throw in, Marco. The dates aren't finalized yet, but I am doing the Edinburgh Comedy Fringe Festival this year. And you let me know on Twitter what day you want to come, and I'll get tickets for you and your mates. Oh, awesome. Thanks very once much. Once the dates are set. Thanks, guys. And I know people say it a lot, but honestly, coverage over lockdown and even even now is, is great. Like the podcasts and all the live streams. Amazing, honestly. Ah, get out of here. Thank, Thank you, you very much. Thanks, guys. All right, my babies, that's just about all the time we have got for this week's show. Coming up next time, not next week, but next time, we are away for a few weeks. Yes, we are officially on summer break, but 
James Hardigan has concocted a trilogy of <laughs> summer specials for June, July, and August to keep you just well-fed enough to make sure that you don't forget about us entirely. I then realized that you won't forget about us or miss us because we'll still be streaming the Sunday Million every Monday night. Anywho, the Pite Summer Specials do include a Poker Movie Monday, The Man with the Golden Arm, if you want to check out that Frank Sinatra classic, and an EPT Barcelona preview. So probably drop one at the end of June, one in mid-July, and one towards the end of July, beginning of August, just before we go to Barcelona for the next EPT and our next big live stream. And if you want to keep up the conversation with us, you know, I'm not super down to be talking about other poker things going on. But if there's other movies and TV that come out over the next couple of weeks when we're not on the air, stuff that's only relevant for a short period of time, hop on the Discord. Let's chat about it. I'm always down to sort of weigh in a little bit on what people are up to, what's going on pop culture wise. So do not forget, Discord is always available to keep in touch with us in the meantime. And as I said... I'm very keen for more conversation and more pictures of cats. Discord. Very good. In the podcast description. Cat pictures always accepted. But uh, I think that's it. I think we are all out of time for this week's show. Until next time, in just a couple of weeks, for James Hardigan, I'm Joe Stapleton. Smell you later. Smell you later.